Hey, I'm Brett Salyer. I'm a computer scientist. And I'm Marcus Riggs, a crypto investor. We're just two friends seeking to learn a little more about the crypto space every week and share our discoveries with you. Join us each week as we go through the evolving world of crypto and discuss everything from Bitcoin, NFTs, blockchain technology, mining, and a whole lot more. We are the Crypto Bros. Welcome back to the Crypto Bros Podcast. I am Marcus. This is Brett. Today we are going to be getting into meme coins, our thoughts on them, our thoughts on the movements behind them. But first, as usual, we are going to be getting into the news. So we wanted to talk about uh, a Bloomberg article that's titled Why Ethereum's Coming Merge Matters So Much. So we have talked about the merge, um, I would say, pretty often, especially when it comes to updates on the merge in terms of things uh, that are being taken off of uh, the beacon chain and are beginning to actually be integrated. Uh but I think this article takes a bit of a different take on just what, just how, basically how important the merger is going to be for the broader uh, cryptocurrency space. So the article starts out, sometime later this year, Ethereum is set to make the biggest change in its nearly decade history. That's true, it started in 2013, it's coming up on 10 years. An event that's certain to ripple through the entire ecosystem of cryptocurrencies and digital assets. Think of it this way. The most important commercial highway in crypto is about to be repaved. So, ooh, burps. So, Except the toll fees are getting lower. Yeah. Well, I think the article takes a different approach from other articles that we have touched on that have been covering this topic in the past. And... Usually when you have these articles, they want to talk about about the actual merger, like a specific update or something that Ethereum is trying or something they just integrated. But this article takes a more macro approach and looks at the crypto landscape and how that's going to be affected by the merger. And, oh, I didn't realize this, but the article says that 100, over $121 billion is wrapped up into Ethereum dApps, which... I had no idea it was that high. It's a lot. Yeah. So another thing that the article also wanted to touch on was the fact that you have Ethereum, which at the moment we all know is still proof of work, looking to move to proof of stake. If Ethereum is able to pull this off, uh, and it's able to pull it off without bugs, without any chain disruption, without any hacks, which obviously between the bugs and the hacks, those are the two biggest concerns that Ethereum is going to have. And the switch is you're going to have people, you're, you're going to have plenty of hackers, no shortage of hackers trying to get their hands in and see if they can tamper with this merger. Uh, I'm sure there are hackers right now that are actually like strategizing based on what they're reading on what Ethereum is trying to do. Trying sure. To so obviously there are going to be, you know, evil eyes on this. They're going to be looking to exploit the merger itself. So with, I think the article wants to talk about the fact that Ethereum moving from proof of work to proof of stake is going to be huge, but it's not just going to be huge for Ethereum. It's going to be huge for other coins that want to adapt from proof of work to proof of stake, but they're waiting basically on a roadmap or a pavement road, as the article says, to be paved. So if Ethereum is able to pull off this merger and they're able to make a good prototype blueprint of how you can pull off switching from proof of work to proof of stake, then you could have other coins that want to stay relevant over the long term, maybe Litecoin, maybe other proof of work like Ravencoin, 
Uh, who knows about Bitcoin? But you're going to have other proof of work coins that if they want to stay relevant, they're going to be looking at Ethereum's hypothetical success here, assuming that everything goes smoothly in the merger. And they're going to be saying, we should make this switch. And we now actually have a viable pathway of how to get there. And yep. that's something I never thought of as other proof of work coins that want to get into proof of stake too. Yeah. The other thing you have to note though, is how long it's taken Ethereum to build this up though. And that's something that a lot of people probably can't ignore, um, especially like smaller organizations. They may not want to, especially if they're successful, moderate, at least comparatively successful um, in their current state, uh, their proof of work state. The amount of work that you have to put in to make sure that it's A, secure, and then B, like profitable. I, I say profitable, like uh, it's going to be worth the the work that they put in to actually move it from a proof of work system to a proof of stake system. I mean, you gotta, that's probably got to be considered as well, but you're right. I think when, when there's evidence that something like this could be um, hugely impactful and worth all of the work that they've put into it, uh, it's probably going to start a fire that's going to, to, to spread to the rest of the uh, crypto community. Yeah, my my thought is in the hypothetical world that say you have a different proof of work coin that wants to fall in the footsteps, say 2024, you start seeing two or three proof of work coins saying, hey, we're actually going to do a merger too, and we're going to take the same approach as Ethereum. My hypothetical question would be, how much, uh, so you talked about Ethereum is taking quite a while to really develop this and to get this to a point where we're basically on the cusp of a merger relative to how long they've been working on this. My question is, how much of that time taken is the fact that Ethereum and just crypto in general is in completely uncharted territory in trying to do this? And how much faster would it be, hypothetically, if you if another coin had a roadmap? Would it be twice as fast? Would it be three times? Also, it would be less expensive because there would be less time taken. True. And there's a lot of research that goes into this type of stuff. So when you have the Ethereum Foundation putting in all the work, and especially if they publish, publicly um, uh, make available the research, the R&D efforts that they've put into their transition, it's probably going to make it a whole lot easier for the, for the rest of the community to sort of make that, that jump as well. Um, but that being said, I mean, it's, it's still not going to be a um, an easy task, but it's going to be a lot easier. And especially when you have something like Avalanche, who gives you the ability to sort of make your own blockchains, and they're inherently proof of proof of stake anyways, I believe. Yeah, they are. So if you want to get something going that way too, that's that's just a whole lot easier. Yeah, that will, if the Ethereum merger goes well, that will be the next question I think a lot of people in the crypto community have is anyone else? Any other takers? We, we, have, a, we have a roadmap here. Does anyone else want to make the switch? Because outside the community and inside the community, people are, people are make, there is a cultural push and a push inside the crypto community to get these coins that everyone loves to proof of stake. Like, let's be honest, the only people that like proof of work is the miners. <laughs> like people that don't have a people that don't have a uh, you know a, like a financial interest and in... right financial is like a I, I have a term from it but it's slipping my mind people that don't have a financial interest 
in the mining aspect of it, they much rather it be proof of stake because they can, if they want to, they can get on val on validating, and they don't need to go buy ASICs and GPUs and all that. So pretty much everyone but the miners would prefer some of these coins that they love that are in proof of work to go to proof of stake. So other coins moving in that direction, I think the vast majority of the community behind those coins would be more than welcoming to that change. Yep. For the second article of the day, crypto startup Wire being acquired by a payment company Bolt for $1.5 billion. Uh, so Wire Payment provides retail and business customers exchange services to allow for transferring of national currencies and digital tokens between crypto wallets and traditional banks. In a press release, Bolt explained that the acquisition aims to, quote, simplify and democratize cryptocurrency transactions and bring the power of these technologies to merchants and their customers, end quote. Bolt may utilize Wire's fiat to crypto payment infrastructure to bulk up its own cryptocurrency transaction offerings. Eventually, it is expected that Bolt customers will be able to accept and make cryptocurrency payments for physical goods. That'd be pretty sick. I mean, it's probably not going to be just them like there's probably going to be a whole lot of other uh crypto communities crypto tokens coins whatever you want to call them uh that will also be offering something similar hopefully but uh i found it interesting and in, so this is from investopedia and they have a key takeaway section in the article and they say that the acquisition is the largest non-spac which for anyone that doesn't know spac is special purpose acquisition company this is the largest non-SPAC crypto acquisition yet. It is expected to be finalized by the end of this year. Calendar year, that is. That's pretty soon. Yeah. I You always forget when these big deals go through. Like, it takes a long time for them to, for the waters to actually settle and for it, for the acquisition itself to be completely integrated into the company buying it. Like, it ta these things take a while. I mean, they're buying a company for $1.5 billion. Like, this isn't just, like, moving your office to another office. Like, this is, like, an all-on operation to get, you know, different management teams integrated, to get all the systems integrated. Like, it's it really is its own project that's just a woolly mammoth in and of itself. So, for the third article of the day, we have $600 million crypto theft. So... This article has basically two aspects to it. Um, the actual name of the article, I kind of paraphrased it, is after a 600 million crypto heist, Axie Infinity team raises 150 million and launches another NFT game. Now, af after the 600 million dollar hack, the hundred they were able to raise the company behind Axie Infinity. Their name is Sky Mavis. Uh, they announced they were able to basically re-raise $150 million in investments. They said, uh, quote, The $150 million will be used to ensure that the users affected by the Ronin validator hack, and the Ronin, I believe, is the name of the blockchain, right? Uh, or is it the name of validator? It's the net Ronin is the name of the network. Okay. Uh, so basically the network was hacked, and the company SkyMavis is saying uh, the 150 million investments will be used to ensure that the users affected by the hack will be reimbursed. So that's really nice. Uh, at nearly the exact same time, it's launching a new version of the game Axie Infinity Origin, according to SkyMavis CEO Trung Yuyen. You want to take a shot at that? Uh, they're, they're Vietnamese, so I'm going to... Go for it. Try it. 
Uh, where's this Frank. at? Uh, it's uh, bottom second paragraph. Bottom second paragraph. Oh, I was down further. For anyone that wants to tell me how to spell this in the comments, it's N-G-U-Y-E-N is the name of the last name. So, I don't know. Let me know. I am... This is not my area of expertise sounding out complicated. Guyan, I think? I don't know. Guyan. Actually, that sounds kind of accurate. It's a pretty common last name over there, but I never figured out how to pronounce it. I think it's Guyan, Guyan, I don't know. Yeah. The article goes on, other crypto companies that work with Axie Infinity and Sky Mavis and have enormous sums tied up in Web3 and NFTs lead the list of names that bought into the bailout uh, Sky Mavis instead of potentially seeing its collapse. The list includes crypto exchange Binance, shocker, Web3 promoting venture capital firm A16Z, and Anamoka Brands, which owns the Sandbox, among several others. Speaking of the Sandbox, we're going to talk about them later. Uh, now Mavis says that it plans to reopen the Ronin Network Bridge after it undergoes a security upgrade and audits to try and detect if there are other weaknesses. Binance, which just invested in the game, has reopened transactions with the network. And according to the exchange, that means, quote, all individual users will be able to withdraw their funds. And I bet they will. <laughs> <laughs> people are like, hack, I'm out. Get me out of here. Unless it's Solana, then people want to buy more. <laughs> well, it looks like the hack was so big. Um, they're, they're saying it's about 168,000 Ether, which uh, I guess currently is worth about five or over $540 million. Um, Just for perspective, I think there's only... Hold on. I want to see how many total Ethereum are in the supply. So right now there's 120.3 million Ether in the supply. And what was it? 160-something thousand? 168,000. 168,000. Hold on. I want to see what percentage of all of Ether was hacked. Because I bet I bet that is, you said 160 what? 168. 168,000 divided by 120, 307, 089. Wow. Over 1 100th of all of Ethereum, of all Ether was hacked. It would be 1.3 in 1,000. Dang. That is a lot. I mean, that's that's a substantial amount of Ether. And it's all still sitting in this dude's wallet. Because... They've continued I mean, to really, track it, right? Or they're yeah. trying to track it. Well, there's there's uh, Peck Shield, uh, which I guess sort of tracks uh, this kind of stuff on the blockchain. They can see that all the... Uh, all the exploiters have all these funds sitting in their wallet. None of it's moved yet. Um, but, and they're speculating that it's going to take a long time because using something like Tornado Cash um, to sort of like mix the mix it and kind of send it out to different to different wallets and, and try to like confuse people as to where it's going because remember the blockchain's public. You can see all the transactions and when you have people looking at them on a daily basis, right. they're going to see where it's going. Um, what what does do you know what tornado cash does specifically uh we talked about it a little bit earlier it's i i think we've talked about it before it it basically tries to scramble the where or which addresses it's like being sent to or something right yeah so like if you go to the website it has a little bit on how it works so basically user generates a random key and deposits ether 
uh, or some other ERC20 token along with a uh, hash of, a no of the note uh, to the Tornado Cash smart contract, and then you wait. So after depositing, the users have to wait some amount of time before withdrawing to improve their privacy, and then you can withdraw um, later. Um, you, you submit a proof of having the valid key to one of the notes that you deposited, and the contract transfers Ether or ERC20 token to a specified recipient. So it basically mixes it up and sends it out to some other location of your specification. Yeah, they literally say on top of the website, a fully decentralized protocol for private transactions on Ethereum. But they they actually they actually uh, have other they have a supported networks um, part of their homepage where they show what networks they support. So that you can do you can use tornado cash on the ethereum mainnet on binance smart chain on polygon network on optimism i don't know what that is on arbitrum one on gnosis chain avalanche mainnet and ethereum go goalie go gorly i don't know what that is i'm not sure what that is is either hmm. might be some ethereum fork or maybe a different ethereum network hmm. not sure not ethereum max <laughs> Interesting, a little bit of a, little bit of a dark hole we're going down here. But yeah, with with that much ether, the amount of time you have to wait using something like Tornado Cash is going to be a long time. So, uh, the people who stole these funds are likely not going to be able to make much use of them for, for quite some time. They're just going to be like Satoshi. They're just going to leave them there for ten years. <laughs> Hopefully, the dust settles and they're going to rip it all out. Yeah. Hmm. I mean. This Most is... people who have ether don't like spend it, so I guess it's not a huge problem. But true, yeah, it's all staked. Well, like I think over nine percent of it's staked. But I'm like also that. like, what are they gonna do? I mean, even if they did transfer it to like a different wallet, like, so what? Like, it's not like anybody knows who's associated with that that wallet's address. The only the only way I could see you do something. The only way I could see tracking which address it's in helps is if somehow you can get the identity of the person once they try to make some sort of actual withdrawal from that to, like, a bank account. But I don't think you can. Yeah, I mean, if they try to withdraw it, like, if, I don't know if there's a way you can, like, associate a wallet address with, like, an exchange. Because ultimately, that's the only way you're going to be able to convert this to some sort of fiat currency. You've got to go to an exchange of some sort. Right. Um or unless you um, unless he could somehow can you withdraw like wrapped bitcoin from like those bitcoin atms like could he somehow convert it and then like just like try and just empty out those bitcoin atms somewhere and do it that way um i mean yeah but you're still going to have to go through i mean you could go through like um i don't is wrapped bitcoin a thing mhm yeah it's on uh it's somewhere in the top like thirty on coin market cap. Is it really? I think so. Yeah. Let me see. Oh, so it's yeah, just, an, it's just an ERC twenty version of okay. Yeah, but that's my point. I think you could actually pull that off. Now, you would probably have to go to many, 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 many ATMs and do this. Yeah. But you'd it's hard. It's you like you still have to go to like some sort of exchange platform though, whether it be like like pancake swap or uniswap or something you'd have to be able to and once go... that happens 
if they know which which place you go to, they they could basically spam the head of the company, be like, "Hey, you got a you got a dirty cheat there. You know, let let us know what that address is. We got to get him, or here's the address, get him." Basically. Yeah, that's if they can associate the wallet addresses. Like, I mean, you can exchange, you can exchange your Ethereum for Rep Bitcoin, and then all your Ethereum goes away. You get a whole bunch of Rep Bitcoin in your in your adri- current wallet, but then you'd go to this ATM, and I don't know, maybe if the, you can track it and see, oh, this, this, all this guy's wrapped Bitcoin is now at this uh, ATM's wallet. Maybe they can contact the company and and see me. Um, well, do you it's even depositing think, straight cash. I don't, I don't know. They, 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 maybe you could get away with that. I don't know. Do you think? Well, you probably would clean out every single ATM in existence, a uh, Bitcoin ATM in existence around the country, trying to get six hundred million out of ATMs. <laughs> yeah, because ATMs just don't have that much money. Plus, there's usually, like, security cameras and things like that around ATMs, so if they're able to track, like, what time the transaction happened mm. and when the cash came out and, and, and cross-reference that with uh, security cameras, the guy would probably be toast, but... Yeah, if this dude who stole this 168000 Ether wants to get away with this, he better have, like, a pretty ingenious plan because, like, if, if people are hell-bound to track these addresses and they're just going to do that to the end of time, which, honestly, like, I, I would be pretty mad I would do... Um, like I, I don't see like a, a clear cut way where you're going to get away with this, even with tornado cash. Well, I know a couple months back we were talking about how, um, there were certain exchanges that had to cooperate with authorities under certain conditions, but I don't remember. Is this one of those conditions? Is this one of those situations where like if an exchange knows that there's something fishy going on with their client or, or with this customer using their exchange, are they obligated to disclose this personal information with with the authorities? Because I, I thought I remembered some of them just not willing to cooperate at all. Like they want to keep the privacy of Ethereum and blockchain tech in general completely intact. You wonder if this is where the securities question comes in. Well, well it's not defined as a security, so we don't really have to step in. You wonder if that has any bearing on um, situations like this. Because yeah, because if there's if this exchange is just or whatever exchange it may be is not doing is not willing to cooperate or disclose any of this information, then you're toast. Then they can just withdraw it, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. That we're... being said, I don't know if there's like a withdrawal limit because five hundred forty million dollars just boom being on, taken out of on Coinbase, Coinbase. I think I think it's a quarter of a million a day you can only take out. I believe, yeah, and that's 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 like cash. So it's like that will scale with the price of whatever you're withdrawing. So if like Cardano's at two dollars in a given day, and you want to withdraw it, you're only going to be able to withdraw one hundred twenty-five thousand ADA. So no matter what, no matter the price of the thing you're trying to withdraw, you only get to withdraw a quarter million dollars worth of it. Yeah, and that's on that's on uh, Coinbase Pro. The, I mean, that's that's still pretty substantial. I mean, he'd have it all out in a week. A quarter? No, that. he'd have it. I mean, three days. Six hundred million and only a quarter, or six hundred million, a, a, but a quarter million a day. That would take twenty four hundred days. It well, it, uh, well, the 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 article was rounding it to six hundred million. The the amount of ether. Wait, how much did you say you could withdraw? Only a, a quarter of a million dollars. Oh yeah. I, okay, I was I was thinking two fifty. So million. if you think like a round number, like six hundred million. And you can only withdraw a quarter of a million a day. That's that's twenty four hundred days. That's like seven years. It would take 
That, that just shows how much $600 million is. Yeah, but at the same time, like, that seems kind of, that uh, seems kind of um, lame. <laughs> unless somehow, well, wire transfer, you could probably pull out a lot more. But unless somehow you would basically, maybe, like, you have, like, a team of hackers and you guys created, like, like, a hundred wallets or something, so you can basically be 10xing how much you can pull out in a day and you're pulling out 250 grand in each wallet. Like, that's the only way you could expedite the process. Oh, yeah, just split it up between a whole bunch of wallets. Yeah, and then you literally, like, hire people, like, every day you're going to go do this, and I'll give you, like, you know, half of a percent or something, you know, to expedite the process. That's the only way I could think to do it. Cause, <laughs> that's an operation. Well, if you think about it, if you wanted to withdraw the $600 million in a day, assuming it's exactly $600 million, if you wanted to withdraw it in a day, you would need 2,400 wallets. That's not suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> That's an operation. Everyone's just sitting here watching this go down. They're like, yeah, it's okay. It's, it, it, it's all going to 2,400. And they're, okay, I see what they're doing now. I see what they're, but what do they do? Yeah, I don't. It, like, I really don't know what you do with I that. I think you're screwed unless the, the powers that be in these brokerages get involved. But uh, who knows about that? It's e Either way, it's an interesting discussion. And, and I do wonder how much these securities uh the securities debate especially going on with xrp is going to weigh into these hacks whatever hacks would come in the future i wonder if it's going to change um the capabilities or the the law of what these brokerages have to do when things like this come up it's it's inter it's interesting so we wanted to get to meme coins this week not really to we really wanted to more have a just an open dialogue about meme coins from all perspectives, from the perspective of are meme coins, do they ha even have any value? Or what do we think about meme coin culture? Or, you know, is this good for the crypto community? Does this suck for the crypto community? Just like basically have a, have a, have a overall discussion on our thoughts on it. And overall, if we think it's like good or bad for the crypto community and for crypto in general. Yeah. And there's not really the, the, the definition for meme coin is kind of loose. Um, it could be... We're not really talking about scam coins. Um, no. Although meme coins can be scam coins, I would say. But there's a lot of like legitimate coins out here that people have a lot of fun with, um, can potentially make you some money, but are clearly just jokes. Like They have no um, massive problem they're trying to solve. They're not adding any real value to the crypto... Um, technology space uh, i guess for lack of better terms like it's not providing a platform for people to build on the smart contract system may not be as refined things like that but basically you buying you buying the the meme coin itself and again we're not we're not talking about all meme coins we're more talking about like basically a useless meme coin trigger warning dogecoin <laughs> but so i and, and again I was when I was prepping for this yesterday. I actually because I'm like so focused on like the coins that I'm passionate about, I haven't really thought through the meme coin topic, which may be crazy because you it feels like it's just so prominent especially like in the past calendar year. Um, you know, with between like Sheeb and and ApeCoin that just came out and then Doge last year with Elon going on SNL and all that. It feels like meme coins have really come to the forefront of the discussion up there with like Ethereum and Bitcoin and things like that in terms of what is the community 
outside the crypto community and inside the crypto community talking about mostly. So I really had to sit down and I, I kind of had to just sit there for a minute while I was prepping for this. And I was like, what is my opinion on meme coins? So my opinion on them, I do not have a binary opinion on that. And what I mean is I do not have a either they suck or they're great. I, I don't I think absolutes are dangerous in almost every aspect of life. You know, that's so, only the Sith deal in absolutes. Obi-Wan, May, <laughs> May 27th. Let's go. <laughs> um, but yeah, which I, I actually think that's that's a really well said statement. Only only Sith deal in absolutes. But anyway, enough <laughs> with my Star Wars fandom. Um, so I think it's a, one. I think meme coins should be taken in terms of good or bad. They, I think they should always be taken on a case by case basis. I'd, I I would not compare ApeCoin to Doge, and I would not compare Doge to Sheep. The only thing that's comparable to them is the fact that they have a community around them, and that community supports them. You know, rain or sunshine. And almost all of them seem to re- seem to be represented by a, a cute dog. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, true. <laughs> or or a, mon- or a monkey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so I had a couple main takeaways. One. I would say out of all the meme coins, the mo- the one that has the least amount of use cases is Dogecoin. And that's obvious because Dogecoin literally was made to be a meme. It, it was like, yeah, the very first meme coin ever made. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I can't say that um, confidently, but it's like one of the first mainstream ones. I, I think Doge was like 2013. Like it was an early coin and it was literally made as a joke. Well, yeah, I remember, like, years ago, like, when I first started getting into, like, basic Robinhood trading, I would I would deposit funds into my portfolio, and whatever I had left over, I, I didn't know what to put it in. I had no idea about crypto at the time, but I saw that you could buy crypto in Robinhood, and one of the things that were there was Dogecoin. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but it sounds hilarious, and it's, like, worth nothing. <laughs> so I just put all my extra change into there, and I started to build up, you know, a substantial amount of it. I'm like, dang, I got, like, $200 in Doge now. Jeez. And then it started ripping, and I'm like, dang, I'm glad I did this. I remember when it was ripping and we were working out, you're like, dude, 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 look. <laughs> I'm like, oh, gosh, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> I had no idea this thing would take off. It was just... Like, it wasn't fluctuating a whole lot. It seemed relatively stable. I'm like, you know, if it's not going down, it's not going up. I'm not losing too much here. But if it does go up... I remember we were walking out of the gym, and you were like, dude, look, it's at like eight and a half cents now. It, it was up, It was up like, I think like 50, 60% on the day or something, something like that. <laughs> it, was, it was ripping, and I was like... I don't know, man. I, I I just pull it out, especially since like you have no actual conviction. It doesn't have a use case. I would just pull it out and take the money. You're like, no, it will go more. <laughs> like, it's not going to go more. Next oh. day, I was like ripping to 15 cents. I'm like, what the heck is this thing? <laughs> I think it peaked at like 40 cents or something. No, it peaked at just below 75 cents. Oh, oh you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because right. uh, it, peaked, it peaked and then dumped on the uh, SNL. That's right. Yeah, we all went over to your place and started watching it. And we're like, we're waiting for Elon to be our Lord and Savior and, and send this to the moon. And remember he took it down. It, remember when it broke your soul when he said, yeah, it's basically a scam or whatever on that one skit? Yeah. He was like, so what is, me. what is Dogecoin? That's a, it's a hustle or something like that, he said. It was like self, self, No, self. stop it. Take it back. And the funny thing is, while we were watching SNL, we all had like our phones open and watching the chart. You're just watching the chart like, whew, 
Like it's just waiting, like for Elon to just cough the words Doge. It's just waiting. Yeah, at the end of that, the end of that night, Doge was not what it was. <laughs> no, uh, but so I had five key takeaways when I was thinking through meme coins in general from from all aspects. And I, and I actually want to talk about those five. So the first takeaway that I had was most meme coins do good things even if the coin doesn't have a use case. And here's what I mean. I'll take Doge as an example because, let's be honest, Doge is useless outside of the communal aspect of it in terms of the functionality of the coin. Let me let me distinguish. Sure. Yeah. So what I do like about the Dogecoin Foundation, which they restarted up in 2021, they like abandoned it for a few years and it came back in 2021 and they meet once a month and I still believe they meet once a month. But what I like about Dogecoin, and also I didn't know, uh, I didn't know until yesterday, Vitalik is actually on the board uh, of advisors for Doge, which I thought was kind of interesting. Interesting. Um, he's just in like an advisory role, I think. But, uh, mo so Dogecoin actually does quite a bit of good with the, with it. Now it's Dogecoin, even on its own website says it's that it's a, uh, not for profit, I think is how it defines it. Not for profit coin or something. To is that, that different than nonprofit? That's what I was thinking. I didn't really look into it. But it's, it's not for profit or something to that effect. But what I do like about Dogecoin is it offer is it's really tried to push the charity aspect to the community. And there's plenty of different ways you can do use Dogecoin to actually um, give charity. And that's something that some of the Dogecoin founders, such as I think Billy Marcus is his name, uh, spelled with a K, which is pretty sick. Mine's spelled with a K. Um, he's pushed... A charity aspect, and there's been a lot of charity actually given through Dogecoin. I'll leave this in the description, but there's a there's something called thegivingblock.com, um, and if you go here, they actually the, the this page is dedicated to all different types of donations you can give. So there's crypto adoption fund, Ukrainian emergency response fund, technology and science, disasters and conflict, animals, health and medicine, food and water, poverty and housing, liberty and freedom, environment, education, economic development, civil and human rights, children and youth, mental health, military veterans and first responders, arts and culture. There's tons of different use cases and I and although and although the coin itself doesn't have a function in terms of what it offers to the crypto community. Um I do like the fact that even though it was pushed as a meme, they're still trying to do good things with it. And I, even if the coin isn't necessarily adding to the development of the crypto space, if it's still trying to do charitable things and trying to do good things, then I still think Dogecoin is good. You just have to distinguish what you mean by good. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> just to clear this up a little bit, I did look up what the difference between a nonprofit and a not not for profit is. It looks like nonprofits, at least according to Google, uh, nonprofits are more run like a business where they actually where they try to earn a profit but doesn't support any single uh, member. Whereas like non not for profits are considered recreational organizations that do not operate with the business goal of earning revenue. So, okay, but they that doesn't mean they don't make revenue. It sounds like sure. It's just like th that's not the purpose. Yeah. Okay. So. Cause, yeah, because I was going to say, not-for-profit, it sounds like a bit of a distinction. Because I have heard before, and I have seen before, Doge, like, the, the heads of Dogecoin, like, give Doge to different things in a charity aspect. The second thing that I do like about Dogecoin, although this could get very toxic very quick, um, 
is that Doge has acted as a great gateway to new crypto investors who are now interested in the crypto space and want to support the world of crypto because they came up through the community aspect of Doge. Now, they could have come up through toxic means where they're FOMOing thousands of dollars, they don't know what the heck they're doing, and then they lose it all. That's not good. But for the ones that they it got them into the crypto space, and then they actually started wondering, okay, like, what 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 can we do with crypto? Like, what what is this? I think that I think that kind of gateway drug that Dogecoin was able to provide, especially in twenty twenty one, I think that's a good thing for the crypto space because it makes people who may, especially like Robinhood type investors, it makes people who weren't really interested in the crypto space now they're actually being educated on it, and more people are being made known of what crypto is and what it can do, which is always a good thing. It is. It just blows my mind right now that. Dogecoin, despite everything it just went through, like if you go back and look at the chart, back around, I don't know, um, May of last year, it spiked to near its all-time high. And ever since then, it's been on a steady downtrend. But despite all of that, it is still number 12 on coin market cap, and it had a trading vol- a 24-hour trading volume of $899 million. I don't know if Doge will ever get to the dollar, but I do believe that once we get that next crypto bull run, I think Doge is going to start ripping again. Now, when I mean ripping, do I mean like all new all-time highs? I don't know about that. But it, do I think it's out of the question that we'll see Doge again back at 30 to 50 cents? No, not at all. Yeah, I, I mean, it is the face of meme coins. It's number 12. It's probably, aside from like Bitcoin and Ethereum, probably one of the most recognizable cryptocurrencies out there because it's not complicated. It's, Doge is definitely more popular than like Cardano, Solana, may, maybe even XRP. Maybe yeah. like it's it, it offers nothing. It's 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 almost like just a yeah. It's on the Mount Rushmore like a commodity crypto coins. item. Like it's just yeah. You have it because you can say you have it. I mean yeah. Of course, the end goal is to make money with it, but there's still people trading near you know a billion dollars of it every 24 hours and yeah it's number 12 for what i mean it's doing nothing right now yeah yeah so so i think it's just important to distinguish like you don't have to believe in dogecoin to say that dogecoin is good you just like i just think you need to define what you mean by good and that's kind of what i tried to just do in the last five or ten minutes so do i like doge yes will i invest in doge never ever ever do i think it it's good for the crypto community Overall, yes, I do. I do think overall it's good, specifically because of the charity aspects of it and because of the gateway aspect of it as well. So the second point that I took away from the whole meme coin discussion, and this is one I talked about, kind of the toxicity aspect that you can fall prey to when you get into the crypto space, especially the way the, way the internet specifically talks about crypto. My second takeaway was careful not to fall prey to herd mentality and do your research before investing in up-and-coming meme coins. I think that's a huge one because a lot of people, they, they're investing in the idea of it ripping and it has nothing to do with their actual belief in the coin, which is why, they'll, which is why they have no conviction as soon as it goes down. Oh, I got to pull out. It's because they don't believe in it. Like, for me personally, when Ethereum goes down 20%, like my eyes turn green. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yes. Like, because if you think about it, you don't actually make money when something's ripping. You make money when you fill out your position when it's at a discount. That's when you're making money. But the problem is when you don't know what you're invested in and you 
don't even believe in it. You just believe in the idea that it's going to rip. The first sign of trouble, you're going to go running for the hills. And that's what that's how most people get burnt. That's how you get burnt in GameStop, AMC, um, you know, Doge, uh, you know, just name any like cultural communal push behind a stock or a crypto. But my only thing is, 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 is just make sure if we have another Doge, which I'm sure we will. I'm not saying as big as Doge, but if we have another meme coin that comes down the road, it's getting all this hype. It's getting all this buzz. It's ripping 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 percent. Just be careful. And if you do want to get into it, just be honest with yourself while you're into it. Are you in it to make a quick buck and you're going to run at the first sign of trouble? Or are you into it because you believe it? Just because I, I think it's important, especially if you want to be a long term investor in crypto like I want to be. You you have to make sure you set boundaries with with um, you have to set boundaries with yourself from the perspective of why would I invest in something? What is my criteria? And if your criteria is literally just because you want some skin in the game from a communal aspect, that's cool. If you're cool with throwing a hundred dollars into the next Doge, the next Sheev, the next ApeCoin, um, and you're cool with losing that money and you just want to be in it because it's fun, that's fine. It's your money. Do what you want. Just just be honest with yourself about your intentions yeah and fortunately and and that's what makes some of these meme coins so approachable is that they're stupid cheap and have a history of going to the moon (laughs) so you can put in like nothing like the risk is so minimal with some of these sometimes i mean you got i say minimal you got to be careful like you don't want to put in like a thousand dollars and expect to have any significant returns because you can get burnt doing that. But if you're going to throw in like 25 bucks, 50 bucks, a couple hundred bucks, and you're willing to lose that mm-hmm. and it goes on a run, like that, that, that's a very real possibility. That's what makes the coins so approachable. I mean, Dogecoin number 12 on coin market cap, uh, Shiba Inu number 15 on coin market cap. I mean, that's, I mean, Dogecoin, that's ahead of Binance, USD, Shiba, Una, Shiba Inu's ahead of wrapped Bitcoin, uh, Polygon. I mean, it's it's up there with the big dogs. I mean, it's not worth anything right now, but... Yeah. And I would distinguish Shiba Inu because it's, one, Shiba Inu is an Ethereum-based token, but Shiba Inu actually does things like it can run smart contracts through dApps and things like that, so... Yeah, Shiba it's a Inu, whole DAO. Like, it, it's a yeah. whole organization uh, that... Like Shiba Inu is actually looking to do something with the push, whereas Doge basically wants to exist. Like Doge isn't looking to start throwing in smart contracts and hard forks, and they're not looking to make moves in that perspective. But Shiba Inu is its own little ecosystem, which is really cool. We've talked about it before. It was a coin of the week a while ago. There's multiple coins. I say coins. There's multiple tokens associated with SHIB. uh, You've got Bone. You've got... uh, What else do they have? There's... Because it's a decentralized autonomous organization. Meaning they call basic. their blockchain something funny. Something having to do with dogs, I forget. It's like some dog-named blockchain. I don't remember. Where is Shiba Inu coin? It's actually a token, I believe. It's a ERC-20 token, isn't it? Or No, do they have their own chain? I think they have their own chain. That was one of the things we I talked about they were, earlier. I think crea- they were creating their own chain. They were working on their own chain, yeah. But I think originally they were ERC-20 originally from like the get-go also i t- i texted you this yesterday for but for anyone that doesn't know i had no idea that vital uh buterin was given half of the shiba inu supply before it ripped 
and he and uh the founder said well as long as uh vitalik doesn't rug pull us and uh burn his 50 his 50 percent of the supply we'll be fine he burned 90 percent of his 50 percent supply <laughs> it, it, and then he donated the other 10 percent to charity and people asked him why'd you burn the supply he said i don't like being in positions of power like that he was literally like given it like he didn't ask for the supply he didn't want to be involved from that perspective but the founder literally gave him 90 or 50 percent of the supply and he burned 90 percent of it and gave 10 percent to like a COVID 19 relief fund so yeah so I, I, mean, I had no idea that that was a thing it's crazy because uh the shibatoken.com website talks about where you can buy it but there's there's like three three main coins there's shib which everybody knows there's leash and then there's bone whereas like Bone tokens, um, it's designed to, uh, as a governance token, which allows the, the hashtag SHIB army to vote on upcoming proposals on our doggy DAO. Their doggy DAO is their, like, their <laughs> decentralized autonomous organization that allows you to, uh, I guess it's just a community, basically. It's a community that can vote on things within the ecosystem. And Bone is one of those things. They have something called ShibaSwap, which works with uh, Uniswap. Yeah, there's Uniswap, ShibaSwap, PancakeSwap. They're all kind of the same thing. Oh, they have, uh, they have uh, oh, I see here, our project and ecosystem, they have Vitalik Buterin Burn. I just clicked on I want to see this. Oh, it's showing, oh, I think this is showing the uh, the burn or whatever. Oh, like yeah. you click this, it goes like to there. I'll put it up on screen for you guys. But if you click this, it shows uh, it shows the transaction hash of when he burned. It was uh, here we go. It was May sixteenth, two thousand twenty-one, at nine forty-eight uh, p.m. <laughs> How does one just burn tokens, like, dude? What? Dude, it was such a big burn that it was the the transaction fee was seven one thousandth of an ether. The transaction fee was twenty-five dollars. You have to pay $25 to lose that much money? <laughs> Wait, how much money was it? Uh, that's a good question. I think this is before the rip. Uh, oh, it's so burning it, you just send it to a null address? I actually don't know how burning works at all. That's what that, it looks that like. Sh that should be something we talk about in a future episode is how burning works. I mean, it looks like from VB, I'm assuming that's Vitalik Buterin, and it says he sent it to a null address, which is basically addressed to nothing. And that's essentially what happened to oh, yeah. to my uh, Polygon, my uh, Matic tokens that I lost. Ethereum's price when he did this was 3586 This is, hold on, hundreds, thousands, mil was this actually $9 billion? I don't think so. You would, ha you would have to take the amount of sheep he burned. Oh, wait, I see it right here. Oh, hold on. Uh, if you hover over it, displaying current value, click to show. Oh, current value. So this fluctuates with the price. So you would have to take the amount he burned and then times it by when he burned at that price. Well, if you click on it again, it'll transfer. It'll swap the estimated value on day of transfer. Seven, let's see, hundred thousand, seven billion three hundred fifty-four million two hundred seventy-two thousand eight hundred thirty dollars and eighty-three cents. That is a freaking lot. I'm I didn't even I'm know. Like, I'm like mind blown right now. I didn't even know there was an, <laughs> enough Shiba Inu. Like, like, wait, is there an infinite supply? There I, can't be. I don't know if it's like Doge where it's infinitely inflatable. Let me see. Because I didn't even know there was enough Shiba Inu in circulation to even equal that amount of money. I mean, that's not a crazy amount of money. 
Seven billion dollars? Yeah, but we're talking about like half of all of the supply. Okay, so circulating. Su okay, so total supply uh, is five hundred eighty-nine point seven billion. That's the total supply, but circulating supply is five hundred five hundred forty-nine billion. So does this does this contract? Wait, let's find out. Hold on, let's find out what. Uh... Yeah, no, that this makes sense. Yeah, because the fully diluted market cap for Shiba Inu is fourteen point two billion. Um, and, and then what he burned was 7.3 billion. So that's about half. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess that, that makes sense. That's just, that's crazy. I never thought about that. Like that's, that's crazy. So burning it doesn't take it out of the supply. It just basically makes it to where no one's ever going to be able to touch it again. How can you have so much, imagine being so wealthy that you just send $7 billion into the abyss. Hold on. I'm kind of skeptical on this. Hold on, Shiba Inu price May sixteenth. Man, if you can have set, if you can just throw seven billion dollars away without like any regard for like, I I am somewhat skeptical of that adjusted price when you click on it. So I kind of want to do the math myself because I don't know if that was. I think that was pre-rip. Let's see. Okay, here we go. I'm going back. I'm going back in time. All right. That's crazy to me. All right, here, here, we're gonna we're gonna do this right here and now on the podcast. We're gonna do the math. Okay. Ah, uh, yes, yes, this makes more sense. I think. Uh, let me see. Okay. Hold on, wait a minute. Where's the price at? So let's see. Volume open high. Okay. What we're going to assume, for sake of argument, that he sold it at the high of the day. We're just going to assume that, just just for just for the giggles. So the high of the day was 0. 0.0002. Okay, that's not that far off, actually. Uh oh, math's looking, math's looking correct here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, 400. Holy crap, this is a lot of math. Okay, got this. We're gonna put it in here. Man, we need Vitalik Buterin running. The calculator won't let me put that many digits <laughs> for how much he sold. <laughs> okay, I can't do it. I guess we're gonna have to trust he burns seven point three billion. How much is Vitalik worth? I know he's a billionaire. Wait, how much is Elon Musk worth? <laughs> like two hundred sixty billion, fifty billion. Okay, he's by far the world's richest person. Like right? Yeah, I know. That's billion. why I was asking. But dang, seven billion dollars. Like, why wouldn't you just donate all of it to charity? Okay, Vitalik's estimated net worth is more than a billion. That's all Fortune has to say. That is crazy. Seven billion dollars. So he said. Okay. At Mar oh, March twenty fifth. We got an update. March twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. The estimated net worth of Vitalik Buterin is three hundred fifty five thousand ether, or at current price is one point five billion. So he just threw away like seven times his net worth. I feel like that would have gone down in like crypto history, and everyone would know this fact. I'm. I don't know. I don't. Maybe I shouldn't be skeptical, but I don't know. Maybe. That's ridiculous. I mean, like, yeah, you probably wouldn't be able to cash out. I, I just, like, like, it's all theoretical, right? I mean, you can have whatever this is, four hundred and ten trillion. Wait, it might be more hundred thousand billion million. Yeah, four hundred and ten trillion uh, Shiba Inu coin. But there's there's almost like you'd have to liquidate half of the supply of Shiba Inu in order to even be able to like 
make use of that. It's like it, nothing's yeah. accepting Shiba Inu as payment. It's <laughs> that's just crazy. So it's really, I mean, it's really not seven billion. I mean, it's worth that, but I mean, are you realistically ever going to be able to get seven billion dollars? How about one percent of seven billion? How about seventy million? <laughs> yeah, even that. <laughs> it's like... Even that would be tough. She'd be tough. Anyway, a little bit of a sidetrack, but it's all fun. So third main point I wanted to get to was enjoy meme coin culture from an arm's distance. And what I mean by that is do not FOMO due to hype. And again, this kind of just piggybacks off of my last coin, uh, last point of do not fall prey to the herd mentality. Basically, what I mean is it's not that you can't enjoy meme culture. It's not that you shouldn't enjoy meme culture. It's not that it's not something fun and that isn't great for everyone and that shouldn't be partaken in. It's that, again, you have to set boundaries for what it is in terms of your portfolio, in terms of your investments. So, again, down the road, just for some perspective on what I mean by this, down the road, if another Doge or Sheep or whatever comes along, there's a decent chance like I'll throw some money into it. But I will throw only an amount of money that I'm willing to lose and I will literally just do it basically for the fun and a little adrenaline spike. It'd be like it's 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 almost like my my palatable version of getting like a lottery ticket. It's like yeah, sure. Whatever. F- 50 bucks, 25 bucks. Like I I assure you I'm not going to be putting like no 3 4 500. Well, it's a little better than a lottery ticket because lottery tickets are like all or nothing kind of. I mean, you don't get anything out of it usually. True. And also there's no community around lottery, lottery tickets and sharing information and stuff like that. And it's a daily, it's like a daily thing, right? I mean, you can check your phone every day, see how it's doing. I mean, it, it is fun. Um, no, it's 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 a little fun thing to keep you occupied. It's almost, it's almost like a game that you're watching. Right. I mean, it's I mean, it's it's a good break from putting in all the work and research into like, um, I I want to say like more exotic coins, but you know, like legitimate coins that are tackling larger problems and it's and it's nice like to t- it's nice to take a more like lighthearted um you know phase of like your investments just be like ah you know so this is fun this will keep me preoccupied this is something i can text to my friends or whatever it's gonna be more volatile too so you're gonna be like Ooh. watching it more it's exactly. gonna go up and down whereas like your normal stuff well i mean crypto in general is pretty volatile but when it's, you... a, it's almost like betting on a game but you can only watch the box score <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's what it's like. And everyone else, and there's a massive comment section under the box score. <laughs> to the moon. Anyway, fourth point that I thought was worth mentioning was, even if you hate meme coins, recognize they bring good PR to the crypto space. So even if you disagree... Usually. Again, you, well, there is there is the saying, there's no such thing as bad PR. But I, I haven't really thought of that statement enough to think if I disagree with that or not. I... I... There's I think a I disagree with it, but... <laughs> I think I do, too, but the, anyway, I, th- I still think overall it, it does bring good PR to the crypto space. Definitely, from a pragmatic standpoint, more good PR than bad PR. But, listen, if you disagree with us, if you disagree with me, like on Doge, where you're like, okay, even even with the donations, it's still it's still bad for XYZ, or, or Sheeb is still bad for XYZ, you can still disagree with me, but, again, if... The goal is mass adoption of crypto and mass and, ado- and mass adoption of crypto, meaning all of your favorite cryptos that you believe in are going to go up massively over time. Then one of the biggest key factors that you want to that is more and more and more people becoming educated and aware of what crypto is and what it can do. Right. And meme coins are a good they're they're a good level one entry point to people beginning to understand and get curious about that. So 
it's it's a, it's a pragmatic if you're selfish and you want your own cryptos to go up whatever that is solana ethereum uniswap whatever if you want that you need more awareness brought to them or you're not going to have more retail investors and investors in general getting into them and one of the best ways to do that is pr so again you don't have to like the pr but you know taking a pragmatic approach to it i do think is is the approach i take to it because again don't get me wrong. There are toxic aspects to, to to meme coin culture in general. People throw their life savings into it. You see like Wall Street bets and things like that. Like <laughs> portfolio down 99%. I lost 150,000. Like those are not good aspects. And I, I don't like those aspects. But again, I'm taking a pragmatic approach to my thoughts and opinions on the meme coin space. And I think that's the, uh, in my opinion, that's the best way to approach a discussion like this, where the water can get pretty murky pretty quickly on the good and the bad. I think the best thing you can do is acknowledge the bad, acknowledge the good, and see which one has a more prominent foothold in the discussion. I think the good has a more prominent foothold in the meme coin discussion. You may disagree, um, but regardless, even if you think it's bad PR, you could also have the opinion bad PR is better than no PR. So sure, um, it is interesting though when you look at some of this stuff. It really helps that you have someone at the forefront pushing this, and and that person Elon is still Elon. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Like I don't know what four months ago maybe. Uh, Elon started accepting Dogecoin as payments on the Tesla website for a smaller. Uh, pieces of sexy merchandise. shorts. Can you get the sexy shorts? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Do they still accept Dogecoin? I, I would assume so. Um, I, I, would, I feel like Doge would have tanked a little bit if that was if that wasn't the case. I mean, Doge is tanking frequently. I mean, Doge, I'm not tanking, Doge, Doge is know. just a very slow decline, but so is a lot of other coins as of late. I remember. You, I think this little. Oops. They may have taken it off. I'm not sure. It's hard to find. It could have been like a limited like run. Like we'll accept, but we're not going to like accept for forever. Maybe we'll do it again another time. Could have been that. Hmm. Yeah. I'm having a hard time finding anything because they probably got rid of it. But Right. And I feel like this discussion wouldn't have been rounded out without at least touching on ApeCoin since that's kind of the newest. It's the newest it's, one. It's yeah. the newest buzz. And not, it's not totally useless, but I mean, it's kind of, I, I think, I think you can make an argument currently it's doing at least as much as Sheeb, if not more. And what I, what I found out about eight, I knew a little bit about, it. I knew that it was involved with web three. That's about it. But on the ApeCoin website on, I, I believe it's like smack dab on the front page. They have this statement that I want to read, which I think is kind of cool. It says eight and the title is ApeCoin is for the web three economy. And they they say just under that, so I'm quoting them. Culture has found new expression in Web3 through art, gaming, entertainment, and events. The possibilities for blockchain's impact on culture are so endless that they can't possibly all be predicted yet. I agree with that. Ape is a token made to support what's next, controlled, and built by the uh, community. It will serve as a decentralized protocol layer for community-led initiatives that drive culture forward into the metaverse. So it's the same thing, and I don't want to say it's the same thing Shib's doing, but it's the same approach type of community. You have a decentralized autonomous organization that probably has some sort of governance token. It's just it is a, a governance token. Yeah. Okay, so it's a governance token. 
Um, and it's basically, it's pushing, I don't want to say it's pushing an agenda, but they have things that they want to accomplish. And by creating this organization, they're, they're sort of pushing Web3, they're pushing NFTs um, and things like that. But. Yeah, some coins take the approach of you should invest in us because we're doing all these things. And then you have some of these meme coins that take the approach of you guys should join us. We're all in this together and we're all going to decide what the coin is going to do and not do. Now, you may like the fact that you literally get to vote. There's literally on their website a place to, I'm assuming you may have to show some a wallet address for proof or something like that, that you're in Ape, I would assume, something to that effect. But the point is what ApeCoin does is literally decided by the community um, on a voting basis. There, there's literally places to vote um, on like what direction ApeCoin takes nest, next in their journey. You may like that approach where literally you get a say in what the coin's doing, or you may more like my approach, which is I don't really want to decide what the coin is doing. I just want to find out what the coin is doing. I'll decide if I want it to get into it there. I don't. I have better things to do than to be active in these decisions. I would rather defer to people that are much, much smarter than me, like a Vital uh, Buterin, for example. I would rather defer to you. You're 10 times more smarter than me. I believe in your vision, and I also believe simultaneously you have the competence to reach that vision. So I'm not. I'm just going to invest in you. Forget the investment exists. I'll stake my coins, whatever have you, and sure. I just believe in your direction. Or you can take the more communal meme coin around and be like, no, 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 I want to I want to have a say. I want to be able to vote. It's It no, really you, is up to you. The Elon Musk approach where you buy like 10% of Twitter and now you're on the board. I know. That was a savage move. I, I love that man so much. It's like, it seems like everything he does is just on a whim. Like, I, I, I you know think, what? I think I, think I want to buy 10% of Twitter I, today. I think... I think it looks that way. I think he's very calculated, though. You don't get to where someone like him is on a whim. You don't get there by impulsive business decisions. I think. I think. He, I think he's a genius. I think he's a. I think he's a self-branding marketing genius, specifically. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. There's no way that someone can make all of these seemingly rash decisions and still be as successful as he is. I mean, it just doesn't work like that. No, you you don't get lucky that many times in a row. It just doesn't happen. So. The final, um, the final point I wanted to make on the whole meme culture topic was it, it kind of just reinforcing my personal opinion, which is the three biggest meme coins are active in charity, so Dogecoin, smart contracts, Shiba Inu, and Web3 development. So you tell me how useless you think the meme coins are. That's kind of my approach to it. It's like, listen, are they as efficient fast or as good as other coins cardano ethereum bitcoin whatever your favorite coin you want to throw in there are they as good as those probably not does that not just because they're not great doesn't mean they're not good put it that right. way and they're and still doing good things the the tag of meme coin is can be a little misleading like yeah this doesn't apply to all meme coins like there's probably some others out there that are totally useless that are scamming people that are offering nothing, aren't giving to charity or anything like right. that. Right. Scam coins is not something we're talking about today specifically. We're talking about ones with communities and cultural backing. The ones kind of at the forefront, the ones that you're hearing about. That doesn't mean if Kim Kardashian recommends you go buy a specific coin that you go out and buy it. Like Ethereum Max? Yeah, like Ethereum Max. Like that's that one was It had no it had no relation to actual Ethereum. They just basically just like ripped the coin off. And if you look at its chart, it's selling for like 
let's see how many zeros. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> what what is it? Use uh, scientific notation to represent the price of this one. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, so uh, <laughs> Ethereum Max's market cap is uh twenty Dude, it looks like a square wave. If you look at the graph, it looks like a square wave. Like it goes up, over, straight yep. down, over, up. Just like it, it's, it's the ultimate pump and dump. Yeah. It's like all it is is pump and dumps. It's like a cyclical pump and dump. Yep. And there's no like The volume is fifty seven thousand dollars in the last twenty four hours. Uh the fully diluted market cap is, is that twenty two million or twenty three thousand? That's twenty two twenty two million dollars. It's literally ranked four thousand six hundred and ninety eighth in coin market cap. It's on thirty four thousand watch lists. What the heck are you people doing? <laughs> I love the comments and the last so in the last uh the the top comment is obvious rug pull, worst investment, scam, do not buy. And then another guy's like, the utility is going to be on another level once development is complete. All about the staking. Like, all right, Freddie B. All right. Let me know when you make your millions on Ethereum. Oh, Max. my gosh. So I just clicked on the Ethereum Max white paper. At the top, at the second page, right after the cover, it says, disclaimer. The Ethereum Max white paper is for information purposes only. Ethereum Max does not guarantee the accuracy of this white paper as presented. What? <laughs> it says that. Click on the white paper on CoinMarketCap. It's on top left. Oh, that's so funny. At the bottom, there's a uh, our the- most recent articles about Ethereum Max. Why Bitcoin is fail? Or sorry, why Bitcoin is falling? And Kim K is sued. <laughs> <laughs> Ethereum Max does not make and expressively disclaims all representations and warranties express implied statutory or other it's like they're covering their butt like straight up in the white paper is that if that's not like a if that's not like a sign to you i don't know what is oh my goodness How... disrupt history yeah you're doing it but not really probably Dis... in the way you wanted i think floyd mayweather also got hey, there was like a handful of celebrities that like got in and were like pushing this i don't know it, again, Ethereum Max, that's another example of be careful. Know I, what the heck you're investing in. Do yeah, your research. It wasn't necessarily a meme coin, but it's like kind of it's kind, kind of, of becoming coin. one, but like it wasn't intended to be one, you know? And if you're a meme for the wrong reason, like it's not good. <laughs> yeah, facts. Well, to get to our coin of the week, we wanted to talk about Sandbox. So, little overview on Sandbox. Most people know what it is. Sandbox is basically the alternate version of Decentraland, which we actually talked about a couple weeks ago. So, little overview on Sandbox. It was launched in 2011 by Pixel. Pixel. Uh, the Sandbox is a blockchain-based virtual world, allowing users to create, build, buy, and sell digital assets in the form of a game by combining the powers of decentralized autonomous organizations, or DAO for short. And non-fungible tokens, NFTs, the Sandbox creates a decentralized platform for a thriving gaming community. According to its official white paper, the Sandbox's platform's main mission is to successfully introduce blockchain technology into mainstream gaming. Boy, I haven't heard of that before. The platform focuses on facilitating and creating a, quote, play-to-earn, end quote, model, which allows users to be both creators and gamers simultaneously. The Sandbox employs the powers of blockchain technology by introducing SAND, which is a utility token inside of the Sandbox, which facilitates transactions on the platform. So Sandbox actually, a couple cool little facts. Sandbox, their total, they're actually relatively new. Their total supply 
is only 38.6% of the total supply is actually circulating right now. Each plot of land costs a minimum of 3.2 ether, which is kind of it's like freaking 10 grand, 10, 3.2 ether. And there are uh, 166,464 plots of land in the sandbox. Actually, I want to do math. I want to see how if you bought all the land, how much, how much ether would that cost? <laughs> if I just wanted to be like sandbox mine, what would be really cool is if you had like a war, like a war game, and you could have like different plots of land. So, so imagine like for example a war game, and it's like basically the world simulated, but you know in a more primitive time where everyone's actually fighting for land and things like that. But then like each each entity that owns a plot of land or like large plots of land or whatever it may be has like their own decentralized autonomous organization that represents their country <laughs> and like the people with like the top x amount of like governance tokens are part of like a parliament or like a oh my gosh or something like that but then you can actually go to war with like other plots of land or other countries other DAOs, and you can legitimately like take their plots of land like the ether is removed by a smart contract when they lose the war and, that would be and so you can, cool. Like, freaking Napoleon, dude! You would lose so much money. Imagine owning the an entire country. Imagine the adrenaline rush of getting attacked. <laughs> can you imagine, like, like the world simulated? You're freaking like France. You're Napoleon. You're going through. You're taking everybody's territories, and and then you're like, all like all these smaller territories getting run over, like are, are just lo- like all the ethers just just falling out of their wallets. And they, that's eventually what would happen, though. You would get like a. If this was to play out, you would have like say ten thousand users at the start. Eventually, it would trickle down to like five or ten. Eventually, because they would just start. You know, the bigger ones would start consuming the smaller ones, and then you would have. You what would eventually happen is you'd have alliances, and so you'd have small fries, you know, wanting backup from bigger clans and stuff, and then they would be like, "Hey, can can I get alliance?" Like that's how it would play out it would it would literally play out like a global economy where you have like you you know you have your natos and things like that where it's like you have countries come together like hey hey if 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 i if, if, they, if they attack me you got me right hey yeah but if they attack me you got me yeah i got you got you and then and then imagine virtual blockchains where you could we have a blockchain running inside of the game that can facilitate virtual smart contracts where you can have legally binding contracts between multiple nations, or you can send using like XRP or something like that between oh, DAOs. Wow. It's just the whole world simulated, except you never had a fiat. Everything that was a fiat is now like whatever governance token that you want to use. Dude, that would be wild. I just want to be like, write that down, write that down. <laughs> Dude, that would be that would be so cool. Patent pending, no one take this game idea, it's mine. Yeah. No, imagine it. Imagine like the live stream talk to you, like, "Hey, honey, dude, shut up!" <laughs> like they're attacking, and you got like five ether just like right there, about to be taken from you. Shut up! <laughs> Quiet, I'm gaming. Uh, talk about no pause button on that. Can you hit pause? No. <laughs> Snoop Dogg's raiding me. <laughs> so I did the math, and again, it's per plot of land is three point two ether. That's the minimum. So I'm sure there are some plots of land that are like ten ether and so on and so forth. But if every single plot of land was 3.2 ether flat rate on the sandbox it would cost you 1.7 billion dollars just over 1.7 billion dollars to buy up the sandbox land 
How much? One point seven billion. One billion seven hundred seven four million. That's pocket change. That's like that's Elon money. <laughs> that's that's only like a very small percentage of what of what uh, Vitalik burned. <laughs> We're just gonna keep. He could buy the whole that. game and still have like freaking five billion left. Yeah. So the main comp that Sandbox has is Decentraland and vice versa. So there are some comparisons I want to point out because. These are basically the two big dog competitors in the gaming space for blockchain technology. So I mentioned Sandbox has 166,464 plots of land. Decentraland, for example, has 90,601 plots of land. So the there's four different types of uh, virtual real estate in Decentraland. There's only two types in Sandbox. For Decentraland, there's parcels, estates, districts, and plazas, whereas in Sandbox, there's just estates and districts. There's three types of tokens in Decentraland called mana, land, and wear. And in Sandbox, there's four types, sand, games, land, assets. So for wallet uh, capability, Decentraland leverages Wallet Connect, which I believe, I was asking Brett about this last night, you said it was a type of MetaMask wallet. It's not a MetaMask wallet, but it's similar. Well, it, type of, right? It's a type Esk. of like software wallet that runs in your browser that you can use to connect to like uh, Web three enabled things. Yeah. Uh, so m- mainly, Decentraland uh, can be used for Poly users, Polygon users, and Sandbox only allows support for ERC twenty wallets. Purchasing land, Decentraland, users can purchase land only on the Decentraland marketplace. In Sandbox, users can purchase land on Sandbox as well as OpenSea marketplace. So OpenSea is just an NFT marketplace, basically. Yeah. In terms of collaborations, Decentraland has Atari, Polygon, and Cyberpunk, whereas Sandbox has OpenSea, CryptoKitties, and Snoop Dogg. (laughs) Da-da-da-da-da. So platform accessibility for another comp, uh, the Decentraland platform is accessible only by connecting with a wallet, uh, whereas uh, Sandbox is accessible through social media, email accounts, or MetaMask wallet. Okay. So there's you can enter from more places. It's Sandbox is much more accessible than uh, than Decentraland is. So I was kind of reading online because. I don't know a crazy amount about either of these. Um, I don't really have a profound interest to get into this, so I was more wanting to generate my opinion by trusting sources um, that I was reading online that are that ha- have a pretty big say in these environments. And most of them came away with the uh, opinion that Sandbox is a little bit better than Decentraland. Um, now, if anybody listening or watching has used both of these platforms or one of these platforms, I would be really interested in hearing your experience with it and how you think it could be better. And also if you think it's worth investing in, if I should actually do deep dives on these and check them out Um, because they, I do find them interesting. I just find Halo Infinite just a little more interesting. (laughs) It's a different type of game. Yeah, yeah, it's for sure. And it's, it's, a web-based game, so it's not going to have the same type of graphics. It's not going to have the same type of performance. It's not going to have, like, the competitive nature that a lot of first-person shooters offer. Again, it's a little more communal-based than it is, like, oh, this is just 
outside of the Web3 aspect, oh, this is just cutting edge, you know, this, this, that, and the other. It is cutting edge, but not in the way some gamers would prefer the cutting edge. You know, gamers would rather, you know, have less screen tear or, oh, this supports 8K, you know, 12K gaming or, you know, the, the graphics on this are insane. It's like, I would assume some gamers like to lean more in that direction than, oh, it's my data is decentralized. Whoopity freaking doodah. Um, not to say that's not really cool, but I don't know that that's necessarily the thing that uh, the gaming community, professional gaming community specifically, care about. Either way, it's a really cool platform. Um, it is uh, <clears throat> Ethereum-based, so, I mean, it doesn't use its own blockchain. I don't... They Decentraland? Yeah, Decentraland uses the Polygon network, so I'm assuming it's Ethereum, but yeah, yeah, it's Ethereum-based. Um, yeah, so ERC-20 tokens, it's Ethereum-based. Um, it's going to be moving to Proof-of-Stake once... Uh, and, why, why aren't they Proof-of-Stake already? Ethereum? Oh, I thought you were talking about Sandbox. I was like, what? I was like, wait a minute. What do you, talk, what do you mean? Proof of stake? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's uh, it says it's already secured by Proof of Stake uh, consensus. So they must be using part of Ethereum's um, Proof of Stake network already. So is what are some of these are some of these tokens already on the beacon chain? That's what I'm wondering. That, because it's that says, would that would be the only way I could see. This write-up here is saying that uh, the sandbox is using the proof-of-stake consensus mechanism on the Ethereum blockchain, which, to my knowledge, wasn't totally out yet. So, I didn't see anything about it, and I've been trying to keep a close ear to the ground on the merge. Unless, you know, they're just future-proofing this write-up, and they don't want to have to change it later, and they're actually on proof-of-work right now, and actually they're going to be moving to proof-of-stake in the future. Right. Um, so I'm not really 100% sure about that. Um, maybe there's a way, maybe they're one of the guys that are testing the beacon chain or something like that, get early access or something. So here's a big distinction in terms of comparability between Decentraland and Sandbox. So from an innovation standpoint, Decentraland actually doesn't have any future roadmap on their website or in any forums or by any like admins overseeing Decentraland in general. It doesn't have a future roadmap. It just kind of exists right now. Whereas Sandbox, actually, Sandbox has migrated to a Polygon NFT Layer 2 solution for energy efficiency. Gotta love me some Polygon. It also has plans to introduce the platform on mobile devices by the end of this year. That would be cool. Mobile device, being able to play the Sandbox on a mobile device and it be decentralized? That's cool. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of mobile games in general, but there's a lot of... It's actually, like, younger people are getting into it. It'll make it much more accessible for more people. Because, like, some people literally don't play desktop games. They just play mobile games. Sure. Like, the, kind of the PUBG kind of crowd, you know, like the Fortnite kind of crowd where it's just like, oh, I have, I just have my phone. Why do I need to get on a computer? It's like, there is that crowd, and they're a big crowd. So, you know, I, I, I think, again, anything that makes uh, any aspect of crypto more accessible to more people is, is a good thing. Sure. So that's all we had for this week. We will be back next week, as usual. Clink it up. Oh, yeah, let's clink it up.